With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to TNTradio.live. Be on the lookout and alert for anything out of the ordinary. Natalie Cheel and Rick Munn. Thank you for your cooperation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, it's Tuesday, the 6th of February, 2024. It is Open Line, or this is Open Line. This is TNT, today's news talk on whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, or whatever you're doing. We hope it's nice. We hope you enjoy our little attempted programming over the next, what, 56 minutes and beyond into the rest of the day. If you don't already know it, TNT have apps or an app anyway that you can download from the Google Play Store or the App Store onto your listening device of choice. Or of course, you can listen in through our website, which some of you are probably on right now, tntradio.live, or you can listen or watch through one of the main streaming platforms like YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, etc. And of course, you can follow us on social media if you don't already do so on TNT radio now plenty to dig into today natalie uh interesting story coming out of bath bath england not the bath bath england yeah there's a lot of interesting stories come out of the bath but this isn't one of them uh talked about speed limits and wheels that was something we covered a lot 20 miles per hour save lives ease the pressure in the nhs well allegedly uh, bath and northeast somerset council can't afford to get rid of their 20 miles per hour speed limit zones despite a rise in death, a rise in death and serious injury rate. A whopping 870 grand has been spent on the rollout over the last 12 years. So they've been pretty keen on doing this, but the council admitted uh, that injuries and deaths have actually gone up as a result of speeds going down. Could you Adam and Eve it? Yeah, so uh, it's uh, in the last 12 months, each 20 mile hour zone was installed at the rate of people killed or seriously injured. And it's gone up seven out of the 13 areas. So three of the areas were, were OK, but seven out of their 13 areas, it's actually been an increase. Uh, and mm. uh, there were lots of reasons people gave. I saw on X, people said, as a cyclist, I hate the fact that cars are often level with me now. It's dangerous. Um, irritable drivers cause uh cause accidents i don't know about you but when you've got road rage uh you become a worse driver and if you're stuck mm. behind a cyclist or or you're watching your speedometer it doesn't make you a very good driver and that is the reason people are saying uh that there have actually been more deaths people are, are, are not being as safe on the roads and they did give the excuse that pedestrians aren't aren't as uh being as watchful either because uh they're in a full sense of security i'm not sure about that one uh but yeah uh, they cost too much. They they all mm. agree that it shouldn't be 20 miles an hour anymore, but they can't afford to change all the signs. Uh, so there we go. Uh, death's, death's not that important, but as long as we save million, you know, millions of people, mm. possibly in years to come through climate change with this, then we'll be okay. Don't worry if a little girl gets killed or a little boy. Uh, climate change all the way. Uh, but here's the thing. <clears throat> here's the thing, okay? They spent the 871 grand in the this i imagine they advertised it they took out newspaper ads maybe local media ads they you know they changed all the signs they said they can't afford to go back in this okay but they've also said that this is causing more death and injury so what they're saying is we would rather people continue yeah. to get killed 
uninjured rather than reverse the 871 grand that we've spent rebranding our signs. And let's face it, a lot of people have rebranded the signs in Wales. You get a can of spray paint, black spray paint from Halfords. You get a ladder and you just simply, you see that two that's on the sign, you just add a little, a little, a little curvy bit on the bottom of it and all of a sudden it becomes a three. So interestingly, and I hadn't thought about this until you brought that up, they're placing the value of rebranding the signs oh. higher than people's lives and health in Bath. And that is but, incredible. Uh, just before uh, we go uh, to Gemma, I wanted to add <clears throat> as well, they haven't got enough information apparently to make a good judgment on this. They've only got three years worth of information and apparently that's not enough. They need another three years. So uh, if they go another three years and it triples in depth, oh dear, never mind, yeah. eh? Uh, they let's, just didn't have enough information at this point. Yeah, let, let's see if we get another three years of access, deaths and injury and then we'll have got our money's we'll worth out it. of it by then because, you know, it's been <laughs> 800 grand over 12 years. You know, that's doable, but not now. We need to get ring every drop of value yeah. out of our rebranding campaign. Unbelievable. But that's a state of play. Uh, in in Bath at the minute. I've got to take a little break. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when we come back, we'll talk to Gemma. And also coming up this hour, we'll have Lee Harris and Jasmine uh, Bertels. And the lines will be open at the top of the hour that you can phone us. <laughs> yes, you can talk with us free. We're not even going to charge you for it here on the one and only TNT Today's News Talk. Giving you what you want. I want the fact. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Gemma, 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 you've been to Bath. You know what a beautiful and idyllic city it is. I was fortunate to be there last June myself, and what a beautiful place it is. But I'll tell you what, I almost got plowed over a few times by reckless drivers zooming around in the city centre. Uh, I don't think they were adhering to the 20 miles per hour speed limits. So, you know, what's this all about? I mean, are they going to rebrand this? Are they going to continue with death and injury in Bath? What do you think? I think they absolutely will, because this is an issue that affects not just Bath, is that they get the money for these rebranding and these uh, these controlled zones from different uh, government departments. In fact, the money sometimes just comes from completely bypassing central government, doesn't it? Because these are global initiatives. They want this is all under the guise, as you rightly say, of saving the planet and keeping pollution down, allegedly. Um, so they are being paid huge amounts of money to implement these schemes. So no wonder they don't want to go back on it. And it rather reminds me of the dark old days of the scandemic. You know, we're nearly four years on from March 2020, where people were actually saying, you know, you could, I remember making a joke about this while I stood at the BBC, you know, dragging people out onto the street and killing them to stop people dying. You know, that that was the logic, that was the logical end to that argument, wasn't it? If you haven't been vaccinated, we're going to have to kill you to stop people dying. You know, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But here we are again. Um, at least they've been upfront about it. Well, if you've got the data there, what, you haven't really got any argument, have you? So they have to say, well, we, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll carry on for the moment, carry on for the moment, when clearly human life comes second to these global WEF, WHO initiatives on the guise of saving the planet. Uh, and they're doing anything but, and they're also harming people. People. But yeah, it's just, you know, the world's upside down and it's inverted. We all know that, don't we? Nat, you also said uh, just uh, one last point in this story before we move on about, uh, you know, when you're driving a little bit slow, it can aggravate, you can irritate, you can give you road rage, that can cause more deaths. I've also noticed that when people are driving slower in their cars, especially I go out walking a lot, coming up to traffic lights, waiting at traffic lights, 
the flipping whip the mobile phones out. You'll see That's... people sitting, texting or checking their Facebook when the lights are just, they're still slowing down or they're waiting at the lights or they they delay pulling off when the light goes green because they're sitting on the phone. I also think that the slower people are driving, they could actually be tempted to say, well, I'm only doing 20. Let's check and see if anybody's WhatsApp me right now. Is that the factor in as well? 100%. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm one of these people. I've got such bad ADHD. My focus on driving once I start driving slowly, it, it start it starts to it starts to go wayward. I start to be watching people on the lose street. Interest. Oh dear, what am I doing? I'm losing interest. Lose interest I in am. the road. And and I it's am tempted good. to pick up my phone, which I'd never do at 30 or 40. But like you said, when there you're you at go. 20 and you're stuck behind a cyclist and then you're watching the person oh. on your road and the phone's next to you and you think not good not good at all so i can see and irritable drivers there's nothing worse than being stuck behind a cyclist is there who's who's halfway in the middle of the road then you're still doing 20 mile an hour then you start screaming yeah you're, you're not in the best frame of mind so i'm completely understanding why there's been more accidents i'm an accident waiting to happen i think we don't believe in doxing people here on TNT, but it might be good if you could supply your registration number for all our <laughs> listeners. So if they see a little car with a nasty, angry little person in it flying around <laughs> reading at 20 miles per hour, they'll know to avoid Natalie Chill like the proverbial plague. But anyway, uh, Gemma, uh, we've got another story here to look at. Uh, 400,000, 400K more people have dropped out of the labour market, according to the ONS, the Office of National Statistics. Why? Why, why might that be? Well, this is the question. And, and I mean, I've been covering this story for a while here on TNT about the lack of people here in the UK that want to uh, be in the job market. And the figures, uh, you quite rightly say, it's the Office for National Statistics figures. They're out today uh, and they make for sobering reading for some. Uh, but I think we may have a different take on it. I mean, uh, Conservative Party ministers and one Conservative former party leader have come out all guns blazing and said to Rishi Sunak, you know, this is the other issue that you really do need to get to grips with because there's an extra 400000 uh, than previously imagined that have now dropped out of the labour market here in the UK, and that's people aged between 16 and 64. It brings the total in the UK of people who could work uh, but aren't as nearly 10 million now uh, who are not working and not actively looking for work and they're classed as economically inactive. Now, uh, you know, bear in mind, we've got a population of around about 68 million, 10 million. Oh. That's quite a big chunk of society mm -hmm. that is not um, not working. Now, uh, classed as economically inactive, that can mean a lot of things. They're saying that this extra uh, 400,000 that have just been released today is long term sickness that's what they're attributing it to um and also the figures are slightly higher than they expected because they do say that the uk population as a whole is also slightly higher than was previously expected and i think that ties in with the immigration figures that we talked about towards the end of last year they were higher than expected too uh, but two really prominent conservative members uh, the former leader of the party once tipped for pm ian duncan smith and former cabinet minister sir john redwood have, have all come out and said you know that this that the long-term sickness um, has spiralled since the scamdemic uh, and also that people need to be incentivized to go back to work. That's what Ian Duncan Smith says, especially middle income earners. John Redwood is saying we can't have this. And we've touched on this before. He says because the balance between those of us, those are people out of work claiming sickness benefits or drawing down maybe their state pension will be completely skewed between the number of workers left in the workforce paying their taxes to fund those benefits and those state pensions. He said, if the balance is too far skewed, we're in serious trouble. He also said it affects the rate at which interest rates 
um, can come down. Now, obviously, they're keen to get people back into work because if you're a good little free range slave on a tax farm, you're paying your taxes and you're propping up the system. And of course, those taxes don't just go to pay for um, state sickness benefits or state pensions. They go to fund wars. They go to help funding the, the you know, the, the crown purse, which is paying for King Charles's cancer treatment. So they, they need our money. It is as simple as that. But these figures since 2020, you see, and what happened in 2020, people didn't go to work for a while, people stayed at home for a while. And I've done many, many um, stories now on this, you know, the amount of people dropping out of the workforce. First of all, it was the over 50s and they were they were urging the over 50s to get off the golf course and go back to work. But now it's not just the over 50s, it's younger people too. And I've done many, many stories looking at the coverage of the mainstream and what we never see in any of these stories, we see the figures and we see the, the ministers jumping up and down and wringing their hands. We never see a case study of a person, a human being uh, who is interviewed and they say to them, why have you dropped out of work? What are your reasons? And I think they're scared to do that because people will say things like, I don't want to work for a corporation anymore. I've realized that my taxes go to things that I wouldn't agree to. I don't agree to. They, I've seen dozens and dozens and dozens now in the last six months of stories about the economic inactive in the UK, the people dropping out of the workforce. But I've never heard from one of those people myself. And there are obviously millions of them. They're not hard to find. Mm -hmm. So there's obviously something going on here and the big schism between, you know, the, when I was young, it was the dignity of work. You know, he's very much. I was very much raised to have a work ethic. It seems to be that that is shifting in our society. I don't mm. know if you have any answers to that or whether you're listening and you're in the chat and you've got any answers to that, but this problem ain't going anywhere. It seriously well, isn't, I, and it, it seems to be getting worse. Well, I can kind of add a little bit to that even from my own personal experience. Um, as a single mum, I didn't want to be on benefits, but I was. I worked for pittance because it keeps you in the poverty trap. Uh, by the time my benefits get taken, are now taken away because I'm working, I'm working for basically nothing. So yeah, yeah, you're working what for the dignity of working, but not actually any 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 uh, extra income, Gemma. So for a lot of people, once they actually realise they go to work, do stupid hours, get but you know, whatever uh, whatever di how difficult the job is, if it's manual, and then they come home and think. Well, I was I had a better life. I actually had a better life on benefits. So I'm I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but it's the truth. You know, yeah. that you know, you're able to have spend time with your family. You're not in the rat race. They gave them that idea during furlough. And uh for a lot of people, suddenly they're sitting there going, Oh, I'm weighing this up. Does this actually make a lot of sense? And I'm not for one moment saying that people should go on to benefits, uh, but it's very difficult to get out of it when you're working your ass off for very, very little. So that's yeah. just what one uh, The other thing is, too, just as uh, we've got to close this one off, mental health as well. Uh, the people's mental yeah. health have been destroyed over the last, what, three or four years. And I don't think there's anyone that hasn't been affected negatively in their mental health by what's happening. A lot of people already suffered, for example, from the depression and isolation and if you have really bad depression for example it's hard enough to get out of bed in the morning you know it's a crushing thing let alone go out to work and i think also the mental health aspect of this a lot of people that were in a bad state before this all happened are in an infinitely worse state now they're not getting any help and the thought of even leaving the house let alone going out and sitting with people and doing a job it's just too much uh, for some people to cope with those people are also mixed into that equation as well so it's a real uh hot discussion yeah. topic uh, 
leave us your thoughts and opinions if you can't please in the live chat and a big thanks to you uh, Gemma for bringing that story to our attention this morning you'll be back in the next star with Lock and Loaded and please stay tuned Nat and I will be back after the break talking to Lee Harris about converting yes converting to Christianity with a big knife to your back possibly uh, don't go away we'll be right back here on TNT TNT's Steve Malsberg if a president could be prosecuted for things he did which he believed and was advised by his lawyers what, what was was the duty of the president to do and then after the fact after he's president he could be prosecuted the example has come up today many times well when joe biden leaves office he could be prosecuted for not securing the border barack obama um okayed drone strikes against american citizens overseas he could be prosecuted for murder i mean this opens up a whole can of worms. Um, Pandora's box, I think, is the term that uh, that Trump used. Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. Okay, happy to be joined for the first time here today on uh, Open Line on TNT by Lee Harris. Lee is a commentator. Uh, he's into politics. He describes himself as a conservative. That's not a label that I would place upon him. Uh, a Brexiteer, and also he's a presenter for GB News and Radio 5. Lee, good morning and welcome to TNT. How do you feel? Good morning. Well, thanks for having me. I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Well, we're glad to see you, and we've got a topic to talk about here uh, that's raising a few eyebrows uh, are among ecclesiastical circles. Uh, the Church of England are converting, or people are converting, to uh, Christianity from Islam in the Church of England, which is quite incredible because uh, I think they're finding it difficult enough to get people in through the doors that are professing Christians to begin with, let alone people going apostate from Islam and turning to Christianity. Could it have something to do with the fact that it gives them a leg up when it comes to their asylum status? Or are they having genuine Paul on the road to Damascus conversion experiences in the Church of England under the devil's imp, Justin Welby himself. It's a, it's a huge scandal. I mean, recently we've had uh, reported that 40 asylum seekers uh, on the Bibby Stockholm barge are converting to Christianity. That's almost one in seven migrants on that barge. Um, and we also had uh, another recent report of a church near RAF Weathersfield, which is an MOD facility in Essex, uh, which housed houses hundreds of asylum seekers where the local vicars are kept very busy uh, with around 20 baptisms happening over a single weekend. Uh, and I think we can safely assume, as you rightly just pointed out, that uh, the reason they're doing this is because being a Christian is deemed uh, a reason that it's not safe to return migrants to some countries. And all this is coming, of course, after Abdul Azidi, who is the main suspect in a horrific chemical attack that happened in London last week, uh, he was given asylum on the basis that he had converted to Christianity and could not be returned to Afghanistan. Um, but this all comes down to our broken asylum system. 
Um, our broken asylum system did actually reject him twice, uh, which makes this kind of worse, um, but they failed to deport him. And then the Church of England played a critical role in his asylum application. Now, mm -hmm. senior politicians, including Nigel Farage, uh, have led a, uh, a new criticism of the Church of England after an official document called uh, supporting, oh, sorry, called Asylum Seekers Guidance for the Church of England Clergy. And it revealed details of the role that they play in asylum applications. And this document is essentially a guide for vicars uh, that includes sections on attending court appearances, writing letters of support, how to mount personal campaigns in the event of asylum claims uh, being refused, just as an example. So, you know, this has caused a bit of outrage. Uh, the church is arguably complicit in encouraging illegal migrants to turn up at congregation um, on a Sunday and, uh, and pretend essentially they're Christians to abuse the asylum system. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a running joke, Nat, uh, this might make you laugh where I come from, that when you go to church in Northern Ireland, most people have things thrown on them, okay? So when you go to church, you have things thrown on you. You either have water thrown on you when you're a baby, you have confetti thrown on you when you're getting married, and then you have dirt thrown on you when they're burying you, okay? So most of the churches around here are packed to capacity for a baptism, a wedding or a funeral any other time and they're pretty much empty so it must be interesting for the parishioners can you see all those old grannies out in rural england tottering along in their zimmer frames they've been used to three or four people listening to the vicar banging out a sermon on a sunday morning and all of a sudden they look backwards and behind them there's maybe 60 or 70 ex-muslims sitting there nodding their heads and uh doing god knows what in the back pews interesting state of play don't you think it is yeah, it i mean just seemed... oh. Sorry, so I was just going to say changing uh, religion is a bit like changing gender now, uh, a little bit maybe for attention and, and, and for the and for the wrong reasons, I think now, Lee. Yeah, I think I mean, to most people, this is especially with the case of Abdulazidi, it's been a, a huge wake up call. Um, we have a well organized infrastructure network. Uh, that is set up specifically to help game the system. It is a huge scandal and people are starting to ask questions. You know, it's, it is putting lives at risk um, and it's encouraging illegal migrants to make that dangerous crossing across the channel um, where, as we know, people have died trying. Um, but they do this because the pull factor is already huge. Um, we've had France, for example, complaining that we're far too generous to uh, illegal migrants, which is encouraging them to make that crossing. And they know that we're a soft touch. Um, and as we know, Abdelazidi converted to Christianity. Um, the Liverpool Maternity Hospital bomber converted to Christianity. Um, but I do want to just say that I don't just blame the Church of England. The system is set up clearly in a way that allows this to happen. Um, again, we have a broken asylum system. It is we are useless. It's ludicrous, um, and it's, uh, we have uh, we have an overwhelmed asylum process which isn't fit for purpose. We have one of the highest acceptance rates in Europe. Uh, the latest figures show about seventy five percent of all applications are accepted. We have an army of lefty activist lawyers who dedicate themselves to frustrating the, depo uh, the deportation process. Uh, we have an outdated ECHR who overrule our elected representatives. 
Um, we have uh, our politicians are painfully weak and we have a woke left civil service. There are charities embedded in the asylum system and based in Calais who are helping the uh, migrants game the system. And now, of course, it's come to light that we have vicars who are converting asylum seekers to Christianity on an industrial scale. And what's even more frightening is we are on the verge of a Labour government. And a Labour government uh, where MPs have previously signed letters and successfully managed to stop deportation flights. Uh, and some of the uh, migrants who were being deported were dangerous criminals and they actually went on to commit more crimes. I'm not holding out much hope um, for the end of this year when we're likely to have a Labour government. Not just, I'll give you uh, the last pitch in on this one too. We had a discussion yesterday about, you know, the whole business about immigration, about how, you know, it can yeah. be uh, skewed one way, it can be skewed the other way. The flip side to this is, of course, uh, a lot of people are being uh, coming to the UK and Ireland thinking it's going to be the land that flows with milk and honey. And I've seen interviews this week where there are, there are like tent cities appearing in Dublin where migrants are literally handed a, a, a tent, told to sleep on the streets, they have no accommodation for them, even though the Irish government is saying that the country's full. It's the same with Britain and even France. Uh, they may be banging on about Britain being too generous, but the French are still allowing people to set sail across the channel. They're allowing them to leave French territory. The governments are to blame for all this. We can't be yes. pointing the finger at immigrants. We can't point the finger even at the church. The government is responsible for this. They're setting the whole damn thing up. Well, yeah, and and just like the the, the whole kind of woke belief uh, the, uh, on religion, I feel like we're going backwards with it. You know, I remember, you know, kind of growing up, you respected people's religion, but it wasn't mm -hmm. like a huge thing. We're now getting, we're now going that it affects your basic human right. You've got mm -hmm. to change religion. You know, why can't we just go back to you know meeting someone? And I don't care what religion you are, but I respect mm -hmm. your beliefs. But we can't mm -hmm. do that now. We've now it now makes you a better person. Apparently, if you're a Christian, Christian and you can stay in our country. Mm -hmm. I couldn't care less if someone was a Muslim or a Christian or a Buddhist mm -hmm. or anything. Correct. You know, everything seems to matter now. It's all identity politics, isn't it? So, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it just adds to the immigration problem, I think. It I does. Lee, we've got, we've, got to, we've got to put a pause on that now, but uh, really appreciate you coming on and uh, highlighting this because it wasn't something that I was particularly aware of until yeah. this morning, but like everything else, no, as pleasure. every day and every every week that goes by, there's new uh, aspects to this whole debacle that's going on in the UK. So please, if you don't already do so, you can follow Lee on uh, Twitter or X at Addicted to number two news n e w z and he also has a youtube channel called news addict please feel free to check out his content there so big thanks to you lee and i hope you have an absolutely splendid remainder of the day we've got to take a brief pause now for news headlines and when we come back jasmine bertles will be joining us talking money 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 here on tnt don't go away we'll be right back hey guys great news news radio TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. The Pentagon says Iranian-backed militants continue to fire rockets at US forces in the Middle East. Less than a year and a half after he ascended the throne, Britain's King Charles III has been diagnosed with cancer. God save the king! God save the and former US President Donald Trump says he's confident he can flip blue Democratic states ahead of the upcoming presidential election. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda, it never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, 
Vote One. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Welcome back. Don't forget you can call in at the end of the show like Holly did yesterday. And welcome back to the show, Jasmine Bertels. She is a personal finance expert, TV, radio presenter and author. Uh, got one of the best handles on X, just at Jasmine. And you can uh, follow her on jasminebertels.com as well. How are you this morning, Jasmine? Good, thank you. Nice to be here. Thanks. Brilliant. We're um, uh, here to talk about the current state of the economy and government spending of all our tax contributions. Uh, we've had business insolvency at its highest for 30 years. Wilco's have already gone. John Lewis announced last year, last week more redundancies. Morrison's selling its petrol stations to survive. The economy isn't looking good. Is there anything the UK can do to get out of this current downturn? Well, you know, it's a, it's a really good point um, because we before um, the the pandemic, so called, um, we were having a, a struggle. Frankly, I think we've struggled since the financial crash two thousand and eight. But um, in locking us down, in destroying businesses, lots of small businesses and medium sized businesses particularly, uh, we we just it, it was a, it was an act of self harm. So. You know, knowingly, the government really destroyed the economy over, I would say, two or three years, 20 to 23. And then then they <laughs> said, oh, I don't know why we've got these problems. You know, it, we're going to have to increase taxes to, to pay for it. Now, when you increase taxes, you cause a problem because it, it really does, it, it disincentivizes people to work. And I've been speaking to a few people who are in their sort of 50s, late 50s, who are saying, I'm just not going to bother working because so much of my money is now going in tax. Why bother? I'm, I just want to take early retirement. That's a lot of people. And we need these people to be working. So what I'd like to see the government doing is first bring down taxes. Frankly, I think they probably will in, in the March budget because we're in an election year. They're going to want to give us some things to say, oh, please vote for us. Please, please, please vote for us. Not that most people will, I think. Um, so I think that that might happen a bit. But what we also need, I think, from the government is some honesty. We need them to be honest about what they've done, the mistakes they've made. Um, clearly, from um, Rishi Sunak's response to Andrew Bridgen the other day um, about the you know, vaccine harms, um, saying that they're categorically uh, safe. They're not interested in, in looking at their problems and, and actually saying sorry for their uh, mistakes. Um, so we're not it's not looking good on that score. But really, we could do with if we did have some honesty and some, you know, genuine soul searching from government members, particularly senior government members. I honestly think that would give a real fillip to the to the economy. It would it would make the, the people, the voters think, oh, OK, they, they are honest. They are caring. They're 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 being honest about their mistakes. So okay, we're we're willing to to do this and pay our taxes now. But I think this dishonesty is is really dampening our economy, literally. 
I, I couldn't agree more, but I, lo- I love the idea of an honest government. I just can't see it coming anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, you're patron of a uh, debt charity as well. There are more people on the breadline at the moment and who are struggling, you know, week by yeah. week, isn't it? Yes, yes, there are. Um, yes, I'm patron of Community Money Advice, which works out of churches and community halls around the country. And and I know from the people on the ground, the actual volunteers, that they are facing a tsunami of problems. And what they're saying is that it it's it's not so much people getting themselves into a state which, which used to be the case. You know, something would happen, you, you they'd lose a job, lose a partner, whatever, and everything would go pear shaped. What they're seeing now is people who who are not making enough money to cover their expenses on a on a monthly basis. So they're having to borrow to pay their basic expenses, and you can't do that. You know, it's. I mean, one off, you know, you go have a bit of a problem. Okay, you can sort of borrow your way out of it. But on a on a general monthly basis, you can't do that. Um, and so, you know, with inflation, this is you know the problem with inflation. So many. Um, bills have gone up. Um, I'm just writing something about car insurance, which has gone up 20%, really, mainly, certainly partly because of of inflation and and the cost of, you know, buying and mending cars, but also really because of EV, um, electric vehicles, which are phenomenally expensive to to mend and keep going wrong and blowing up and everything. Um, And this is not being talked about. You know, there are so many things in in our day-to-day life that is not being talked about not being admitted to and we know this and it's it's really getting to people i think that that their their lived experience is not being acknowledged by government or media and in fact is being denied and there comes a point where i think you know you get a, a good bulk of people going you're lying you're lying to me and that's a problem yeah and i it's, it's adding insult to injury when they're mm. already struggling people and then uh it's like oh we'll just spend money on war we'll just spend yes. more money going abroad uh that that's the case isn't it rick how many people are angry at the moment we've got you know what the government are spending their money on a lot of people very very angry and interestingly mm. actually natalie you bring up uh the point about uh jasmine's uh, interaction or involvement with uh, debt charity as well. Jasmine, would it be fair to say that a lot of people, when they do find themselves getting into this death spiral of debt, uh, they think, well, uh, you know, it's only temporary. I can keep borrowing to pay my electric bill. I can keep borrowing to pay the groceries for yes. the last week of the month. And then it's the last two weeks of the month. And before they know it, yeah. they're snowed under with debt. They're potentially facing bankruptcy or, you know, maybe a house mm-hmm. repossession. Mm-hmm. Would you, well, I'm sure you will advise people to do this, but there is a lot of help out there that's available yes. for people that are struggling financially. Most people think it's the Citizens Advice Bureau. They're too busy. They can't see me. But there's a lot of independent, fantastic debt charities out there that can literally be a lifeline to get people back onto their feet financially as well. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. As you say, the Citizens Advice, um, there's Step Change, there's mm-hmm. National Debt Line, and there's oh, Christians Against Poverty and mm-hmm. Community Money Advice, the one that I'm patron of. Uh, I mean, frankly, they are all very busy. And as you say, they are doing a lot of bankruptcies um, and also debt relief orders. Loads of debt relief orders are being created, um, which is not as, as bad as bankruptcy, but you know, it, it does badly affect your credit rating, but it's quite a good way of giving yourself relief for the moment. But 
then you know something something needs to change to increase the income and reduce the expenses of people on very low incomes and some of these you've got pet couples where they're both working and still they're finding it difficult to to actually pay the bills um and you know as you say there's this is the people on on the lower incomes people on middle incomes are also feeling the squeeze really feeling and mm-hmm. even i know people who are on you know a few hundred thousand a year and they're worried they are worried as well you know they're worried about their pension they're worried about their standard of living so when when you get the people who are really should be very comfortably off worrying that's a problem you know we have a problem in this country to be fair we are not the only country i mean um germany and france are in recession we're not technically we're not in recession yet um europe generally has just skirted being in recession you know so all of these countries that locked themselves down, locked everything down. I mean, it's amazing how America's managed to sort of largely. They're, they're not. They're not in in as good a, a way as the government. Their government tries to say, but they are um, a bit more active than we are in Europe. We're pretty sluggish in Europe. But basically, all the countries that locked down. It was it was an act of economic self harm, and it's particularly harming the the people and the poorer levels. But it is harming all the rest. And you know, as you say, with this backdrop, people are getting angrier and angrier at the fact that government can suddenly find money for for some war, as you say, goodness knows where. You know, Ukraine billions apparently we can we can give them. Um, got Yemen, got Israel, we've got um, Iran um, trying to to attack the Houthis, and you know we're we're going. Where, where do you get this money from? You know how come we can find money for war, and apparently you'd like us to give our lives as well. You know this sort of mention of conscription, where you can't help in any way. Um, the 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 poorer and even the middle earners from from having a decent life. Well, I mean, what what's what kind of upside down world do we live in where that's the case? Mm. And also the hypocrisy, Jasmine, is that they're allowed mm. to get into debt to do it. So we're yeah. encouraged not to get into debt, but it's okay for the government. They can get into as much debt as they want uh, on any on any war. Uh, and uh, we have to sit there and just uh, take it all. So uh, we've come to yes. the end of the time, I'm afraid. Uh, really oh. thankful for you coming on again. And don't forget, you can follow Jasmine at Jasmine on X. We've got to take a break and more stories to cover here at today's News Talk. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Last week when Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about the position of Joe Biden when it comes to late-term abortions, she had the phony rhetoric ready to go. What I will say is majority of Americans, majority of Americans, wants to see their rights protected, wants to see women have their rights protected, wants to be able to, wants, want women to be able to make those deeply, deeply personal decisions on their bodies, on their own, not politicians. That's what majority of Americans want to see. And so the president's going to stand with majority of Americans on this issue. Do those unborn babies have any rights then? I'm not going to get into that specific, I'm not going to get into that question. Rights for unborn babies? What are you, mad? <laughs> but let's take a look at how Americans really feel about the issue of abortion. This is from Gallup, May of last year. Only 34% of Americans believe abortion should be legal under all circumstances. 34%, a majority, 64% say limited circumstances or not at all. 
And in the same poll, only 22% of Americans believe third trimester abortion should be legal at all. It just shows that Karine Jean-Pierre and her leftist buddies are a bunch of liars. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malzberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. Here's a bushfire fact. Bushfires can occur without warning. So if you're traveling during bushfire season, here are three simple steps to remember. One, check the fire danger rating before you go. The higher the fire danger rating, the more dangerous the conditions. It may be safer to replan your trip. Two, think about the area you're going to and what you would do if a fire started. How would you escape the area if you needed to? And where would you go? Check if there's a neighborhood safer place. Three, it's dangerous to drive through smoke or fire. If you can't find a way to avoid the fire, park in a cleared area, face the car towards the fire, and turn the engine off. Then lie on the floor and cover yourself to protect yourself from radiant heat. Live bushfire ready. For more helpful tips, visit myfireplan.com.au today. The choice is between normal, Natalie Cheel, or crazy. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome oh. back. Uh, uh, welcome back to TNT. Yes, it was Rick's turn and he's forgotten oh. again. But I'm not taking the blame for that one. Uh, but we've got a story here from McDonald's and it's not very often uh, this happens. We used to good old McDonald's making money left, right and centre. Very rare for them to have any problem with their business model. But it's the Israel uh, Gaza boycotts. So uh, they, the big fast food chain drew criticism after its Israel-based fr- franchise said it had given away lots of free meals to members of the Israeli military, sparking calls to boycott the brand by those angered by Israel. Now, that has made a huge uh, difference. McDonald's global sales grew just under 4% in the fourth quarter, down from a normal 8.8%. And if you think about that globally, that will be a hell of a lot of money. Uh, Their money in the Middle East and their takings have gone down significantly. And it's not just them as well. I think it's Starbucks as well. And there was another couple, there was another couple of companies uh, where they've uh, kind of, rather than taking political kind of neutralness, they've kind of backed Israel and it's backfired on them in terms of their business and terms of what they're making, Rick. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a lot to be said. You can use fast food outlets as a barometer for the way the economy is actually going. And the cost, I haven't had a McDonald's for quite a long time. I'm not a big fan of them. But the last time I got three, you know, bought one for me, the wife and the child, you know, three meals was about 18 quid, Natalie. And they weren't particularly great. You know, that was, you know, a watered down Coca-Cola. It was mostly ice. You had a limp lettuce burger and, you know, some, you know, limp fries, doused in salt. Three, Three times three was about 16, 17, 18 quid. So I don't know that it's even affordable to go on there. They say their sales growth is still going up, albeit at a reduced rate. But I tell you what, uh, anytime I drive past the drive-thrus, you know, those McDonald's drive-thrus, there's one uh, in the town that I used to live in. And you know how many people they had employed in that drive-thru over the course of a seven-day week shift? 100 
and 40 employees working in a McDonald's drive-thru wow. in Sprucefield in Lisburn, one of the most profitable businesses in the UK. McDonald's was in Lisburn, the town that I used to live in. So it was never short of people queuing up, no matter even during the lockdowns. <laughs> they stayed open for the lockdowns. Uh, there was the only place the youth could go for a night out uh, was to drive around the drive-thru. So people are still shelling out money on it, but are at a reduced rate. It would be interesting if we could yeah. fast forward for 12 months and maybe see in a year's time, do they actually show stagnant or even negative growth going forward at that point? I think, which is where we're heading to, uh, you know, the writings on the wall for the like of the fast food industry when McDonald's are starting to show a loss. Well, I also think, and I completely agree with you about McDonald's. You know, I used to go there um, if I was in a real hurry uh, with yeah. the kids because we didn't have much money. And you, yeah. the three of us, we could get under a tenner, go on the yes. saver menu and you'd think, oh, it's awful. It's poison. Um, I'm having a bad day. Uh, yeah. You can't do that now. The food is grim. <laughs> I mean, absolutely disgusting. I, apart from the bacon and egg McMuffin, which I do like, I, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. But apart from their breakfast, the actual main meals are foul. Um, and, and then if, if it was for me and my two kids, because they're adults, you know, they, they eat adult <laughs> meals now. I'm talking over 30 quid for mm -hmm. a McDonald's. I'm sorry, I'm not paying that. And it's the same as uh, why Primark is a good business. People go there because the because basically it's cheap and you don't mind if it falls apart and you think, oh, you know, that's all I can afford. But if Primark suddenly started putting up their prices like McDonald's have, they would their, their sales would be going down. So I think it's probably a combination of both. Yes, they've got a yeah. problem in the Middle East, but the, set, the massive increase now, you know, just like a cheeseburger, I think is about three pounds something. Each time I go there, I'm shocked by the prices. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's not a bad thing. If McDonald's if McDonald's went under, I'd, I'd be uh, uh, quite secretly very happy. It's, it's an awful place. So uh, I'm not... Um, sad that they're struggling at all yeah oh, the no, nation's health the, you know, yeah. the nation's health would go up let's be honest about it and but you yeah. do get addicted you know they actually add salt to those fries uh they, they make do. them extra salty uh and like i said it's not uh, some of the hygiene standards i know you know allegedly aren't great in some of these places with the people that are actually working there they don't really care too much about the job and those days of 10 quid to feed you and the kids and you know i think we've all done it uh it's been an easy option and a cheap option when you know we've needed a fast meal for a budget price everybody heads towards the golden arches but nowadays yeah. those days of feeding three people for 10 quid are a distant memory hell i can even remember the chippy uh used to be able to get a pasty supper and that's a strange irish pasty not a cornish pasty it's like this potato mince mash thing that's coated in butter and deep fried i used to be able to get a pasty and chip for one pound twenty in my local chippy now you're talking nine quid uh, just to get a pasty supper what's that 30 quid for a pasty supper for three uh it's mental absolutely mental yeah. yeah i mean i used to eat out like you know fairly often because i don't think the prices were ridiculous but like you mm -hmm. said now just fish and chips my son will be mm -hmm. like can i have a cod and uh some uh curry sauce and some chips for way over a tenner i'm like 
I'd rather get a piece of, I can get a full piece of frozen cod from like Iceland or something for three quid. Yeah. And I know that's still rubbish. I know it's still bad for you, by the way. I'm not trying to say and the food's all awful convenience junk, but you know, I'd rather spend less on the convenience junk if I'm going to eat the poison than like, than, than like poison myself financially as well. Skippy says it costs a fortune to buy a McDonald's franchise as well. Millions in some cases. Mm-hmm. So you'd be mm-hmm. pretty gutted in the Middle East if you just gone and bought that franchise and <laughs> And then nobody was turning up. Well, that was a, McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a terrible business choice, isn't it? Here's another life hack for you people out there that are eating out on a budget. Uh, go to go to the Chippy or your local city and Chippy, ask them for a cod supper and a large Coke. And if there's three of you there, for example, just order one meal. And when they bring it out, say, can we have three sets of knives and forks and three straws for the Coke, please? We're going to split this one three ways. I've actually seen that happening before. People have gone in and ordered a large cod supper and then they've split it three ways instead of having one each. Uh, it is better for your health, but it ain't so good uh, for the economy and we're all getting hit in the wallet our wallets have absolutely been battered no pun intended boom boom fish and all that business but anyway uh we'll move on briefly uh from that story another one tang and i suppose you would say with the the finance theme that's been running through our show here this morning natalie uh bracknell forest council considers a tax rise to plug a budget gap another example of another council in England that is struggling, absolutely struggling, could be on the verge of going bust, like uh, Birmingham that we talked about in Leicester City Council. Now we have Bracknell, Bracknell Council uh, considering additional taxes to plug plug budget uh, gaps. Uh, This is just another sign of the times, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Bracknell is very close to me. Um, it's very close to Reading. Uh, they are, they're one of the councils that are really, really struggling. Uh, they've got a massive uh, budget hole that they've got to uh, try and claw back. So they're saying they need to uh, rise their council tax. But this isn't uh, just the normal rise. So this will be in addition to the rise that will be happening in April across the land anyway. Uh, so it's it's possible that it's going to be rised above the maximum. So then they're, they're, they're going to have to have a referendum for residents to vote on whether they agree with it or not, which I kind of mm. laughed about. I thought, you know, in Bracknell, uh, um, and, it, and it's known around uh, these uh, places where I live, is it's not the uh, most economically developed area. Mm. Uh, so they're going to send a letter out and go, would you like to uh, raise the council tax above the, would you like that above the above the national average and above the maximum that it's set who's going to say yes Rick who's going to who's going to come back in this referendum and go oh yes please I'd like to yeah. I'd like to pay more I council pay tax more. I want to pay more gonna... more tax for less services. I want to pay more yep. tax for longer waiting lists. I want to pay no more tax, not the CAGP. I want to pay more tax for more potholes. I want to pay more tax for not getting my yep. bins collected on time. It's like asking turkeys, uh, having a referendum before Christmas and asking the turkeys uh, whether or not it, the, that festive period should be scrapped or not. They're actually going to... And, this sounds crazy, but if they do write out to everybody, they're going to imagine the administration and the money that they're going to squander, putting all those letters together, posting them all out for them all to probably end up in the bin or be laughed into oblivion. If there's one thing these councils can do, give them their credit. It is squander money hand yeah. over fist. And Bracknell is just another notch here uh, that we're seeing of uh, mismanagement of funds for local councils. 
Yeah, and and why is it that the people should suffer? So it's Bracknell that have mismanaged their funds. They now can't afford, you know, you know, basic things to do around that area. And of course, it's not the residents' fault. They paid their council tax. Why is it that they should suffer? You know, why is it that now they are going to be punished? They should be paying more money. You know, it's just the whole the whole scheme, the whole local authorities, all of it. It's, you know, no wonder people are angry. They did their part. They went to work. They paid their council tax and they don't have any service. And now they get the, the, the letter through the post. Would you like to pay more to get less services? It's like, like we said, it's just day by day adding insult to injury isn't it and the question i have is are there finance department where they all sacked okay they must have a big yeah. finance department every council has its finance department every large organization has its finance department they have effectively ran the council into the ground financially mismanaged or not mismanaged but been completely inept with the management of the funds that were allocated to them and now they're trying to make the local residents of bracknell pay for this through increased council tax the question is have they lost their jobs because of gross incompetence? It would be interesting, actually, to put a freedom of information request through the Bracknell Council to say that. How many of your finance department have been sacked through the no, gross no, no. ineptitude that is resulting in you now wanting to raise my bloody council tax rates? Might be worth actually throwing that one in for a bit of crack. If anyone out there is listening in from Bracknell area, get a letter in and I will get you on the show and you can tell us what your findings are. Uh, let's go on to another story here before the top of the art. UK armed forces are losing personnel faster than they can recruit them, leaving their war fighting readiness in doubt, according to a new report by the Defence Committee. So here we have another organisation that's losing more people than they're recruiting. They're missing the recruiting targets. The, the Irish police force is going through the same thing. Yesterday, we, we covered a story, or I uh, highlighted a story to say that the Irish army was allowing women now, uh, female, uh, you know, army people, they can wear fake tan, they can wear false eyelashes and they can wear makeup and choose from one of six different hairstyles to be worn on the battlefield uh, to try and reflect better uh, the, the current state of play in Ireland. What, what, what are the armed forces becoming these days? Any wonder people don't want to join up? I, I mean, I do think some of these articles are kind of like kind of selling this conscription psyop. I don't mm. actually believe uh, that, that they were ever intending uh, people to be conscripted and uh, these stories kind of add to it don't it like the, it adds to the fear porn oh there might be a war oh you might have to go to war oh ruin your mental health even more trying to not sleep at night worrying about that uh, but the truth of the matter is they don't have enough in the army and they don't um, have enough people wanting to go join up and are they surprised would you want to go join up with when you when you look and see how uh, the people are treated who are, are coming out of the army or the veterans they're treated absolutely horrendously they're not paid well they're not respected anymore uh, you know it's hardly like oh yeah I, I'd really want to do that I, I want to go to get sent to a war like like Tony Blair sent to Iraq or something that didn't need to happen at all. And then uh, he carried on being, uh, you know, uh, rewarded afterwards, but none of the veterans did. Well, where, where's, why is anyone going to do it, Rick? 
Yeah, and the other thing is too, don't forget, uh, if you were thinking about this seriously, you've got to be casting your eye around the military. Now, if you've seen any uh, press photography for the American military, who's leading the American military, most of them are big hairy men wearing skirts uh, and wigs uh, with the nasty lipstick applied. And I'm talking about the men here, not the women. Uh, you've got to ask yourself a question. Is that the kind of person I would want to lead me in the ball? And I know you can't go by looks. They could be the best general or general S in the world ever. But let's Let's be honest, you do make assumptions based on first appearances, okay? So if you were a bouncer on a nightclub door, Natalie, and I looked at you and I thought, she's only five foot two, there isn't a lot to her, I might misinterpret your ability to actually fight, but based on what I can see with my eyes at the beginning. So a lot of people are actually casting their eyes in the military, and I know you can't judge a book by its cover, but people do it anyway, and they're thinking, is that the kind of army I want to be a part of? Do I want to be a part of a woke army? Do I want to be led into battle by a man who thinks he's a woman and wears lipstick and and, and a wig and a short skirt and fake breasts? Is that, is that who I want to go and die for in the battlefield i would say hell no and and i think important to uh note as well that i respect anyone that ever has joined the yes. uh, army the military you know by saying this i don't want it to come across that we're disrespecting them because no. you know I, I think that they're absolutely amazing anyone that mm -hmm. puts their life on the line mm -hmm. uh for other people but at the same point i can understand why fewer people are choosing mm -hmm. to do it when they're not getting the respect that they deserve uh particularly the veterans and everything else rick so um it's a hard one yeah. and i don't know how they're going to increase those numbers and don't forget actually we've had military personnel on the show over the last few weeks nick dunn in particular springs to mind he's an ex-para he said he wouldn't rejoin the military again in the current state no. of play and he's he's a died in the world soldier uh ex-parachute regiment so that's coming from ex-service people as well not just people like ourselves who are commenting from the yeah. sidelines it seems to be the consensus not like uh, the music's playing the time has rolled to an end so massive thanks to you of course for all your contributions and input today hope you enjoy the rest of your day and we shall be back here tomorrow bright and early 9 a.m together on open line so please stay tuned for more here on tnt today's news talk